to WLN's Breaking Barriers podcast. Come laugh with us, come learn with us, as we hear from inspiring women leaders who are breaking barriers in both their personal and professional lives. We'll learn from their mistakes, gain new approaches to navigating our own careers, and grow as authentic leaders as they share their stories of failure, success, and everything in between. Our guest today is an amazing, open, and kind-hearted woman who lives her life with intent and purpose. She shares with us her unapologetic, messy journey to becoming healthier, happier, more connected, and of purpose. She's a keynote speaker, an author, a mother, an entrepreneur, and a notable voice in the fields of parenting, meditation, and the power of intention. She's the founder and CEO of intent.com, and believes in taking the time for self-reflection, being authentic, and having the courage to ask for help. We give thanks and so much gratitude to have Malika Chopra on the show with us today. Make sure you stay tuned until the end for an extra special bonus. And now introducing your host, co-founder and president of Women Leadership Nation, Jennifer Latticer. So thank you so much for joining me on our podcast. Thank you so much for having me. So I met you a few years ago and I was going on a journey then. I had left my job um, to follow my passion of trying to help close the gender gap and help support women leaders. And um, your book was so inspiring. And so I, I want to get to your book, but before that, I ask everybody this first question. When you were younger, what did you want to be? I, when I was younger, actually wanted to be a doctor. And um, I was interested in science and biology. And I went to college thinking I would do a pre-med track. I came oh. from a family of doctors as well. Um, but I think once I got to college, I... My, I really followed more my passions versus what I thought I should be doing. So, um, but I think in a strange way, I've come back um, to psychology and more the essence of trying to help people. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, no, it's so interesting to, to hear people's journeys. And what I'm finding when I'm asking that question is a lot of times people are coming back to what they were passionate about from the very beginning. So as you explained in your book, you, you sort of went on a journey and um, you had a, an awakening. And I found that you were what I really enjoyed about your book is you're so open and honest. You talk about, maybe you can tell our audience a little bit about the fact when you were at a wellness conference and you were standing up there and you realized, or you had the thought that I think a lot of us have of that, the feeling that we're, the confidence that we're not who we present ourselves to be. You can tell us a little bit about that. Sure. So um, my book is, the title is Living with Intent, but the subtitle uh, is My Somewhat Messy Journey to Purpose, Peace, and Joy. And uh, it's really stress is the messy journey. And that's what I like to share with people because I feel so many of us are on messy journeys. Um, We go through stages of life where we feel inspired and healthy and connected or one of those three. Um, And then we reach these moments where almost we have a crisis. um, And that's happened many times in my life where we have to kind of recalibrate and reflect on 
our values and what's important to us and what a sense of living with intention and purpose means. Um, so yes, I was, you know, I've had many moments like that and I've had a very uh, kind of winding career of being an entrepreneur, an author, working in business, um, trying to balance that with the motherhood. Mm-hmm. And the inspiration behind this book was, I was, I had transitioned um, to really being almost a wellness speaker, teaching meditation, talking about the benefits of meditation and mindfulness. At the same time, I had my startup company, I had two kids, um, my parents, and just a busy life. And I found that one day I was on stage speaking to a group of women about all the benefits of a meditation practice. And while I was on stage speaking, um, I was having a parallel conversation in my head, which was, why did I have that chocolate chip cookie and double macchiato right before getting on stage? I have to pick up the dry cleaning and send that permission slip for my daughter's field trip. And, oh, I have to send that memo to my investors. And I realized I was being so hypocritical in telling people about uh, the benefits of being present while completely being distracted. And so that began a journey for me, which was going to many of the lessons I had learned growing up um, about the mind-body connection, about setting intentions and really creating, um, you know, a path for myself that was aligned with um, being healthier, happier, more connected and a purpose. You say in your book also, and I meant to wish you a happy belated birthday because yeah. I <laughs> reminded me of your birthday and the fact that one of the gifts that you received was actually time for yourself and time for self-reflection. Now, I wonder, is that something that you practice now every birthday? Yeah. So, you know, I grew up, um, my father's a, you know, very well-known teacher, Deepak Chopra. So I learned how to meditate when I was nine years old and I really had, um, I'm almost 50 now. So I just turned 49. So one more year till 50. Um, And so I've been a meditator for 40 years. So literally it's what it's been the basis of my life, but I am a very irregular meditator. Um, And so again, I have gone through years where I practice regularly and then years and years and years where I just lose the practice. And so for me, um, part of that journey of the book was recommitting to these practices Mm -hmm. that help me stay centered, stay anchored, get away from the craziness that we're always going to have in life um, and finding that quiet space to reflect. So I will say, um, you know, in the last few years, I've been much more regular uh, about my meditation Mm -hmm. practice. And with that comes really a sobriety in terms of how I'm approaching um, the many different roles I play, um, the always busy schedule and things that I have to get done. Um, But taking the 15 to 20 minutes once a day to just be quiet and silent is really an anchoring uh, process. And I love that you wrote children's books as well. And um, I was going to share a story. Um, So COVID has caused, you know, some stress in people's lives. And uh, sometimes they have not as much reaction to certain things. And so my son, he's eight. We have seven kids, but my youngest, (laughs) (laughs) he he had a moment where he was going to have a breakdown. Instead of getting really, really angry, he, he almost did. Then he said, I need to go meditate. 
He got his uh, earphones. He went into the dining room, sat on a chair. He sat like he was going to meditate. He put on um, Queen and started singing. And it, I think that goes to something that I heard you, you say, I think in a video that I saw um, with everybody has their own way of connecting. And maybe you can speak to that a little bit too, especially right now when people are finding themselves in a stressful situation due to the pandemic. Yeah, and that's a beautiful story about your son. Um, So, you know, I think I like to stress in my work that there are different ways for us all to find that connection. So for some of us, it may be through music. For others, it may be through movement. For some people, being out in nature is very healing. Um, A meditation type of practice, of course. Um, and my, what I like to just um, help people is find the practice that works for you. Um, and, but then, you know, stay committed to that practice. Get in the habit of bringing um, that way that we connect with source um, into your life so that you carry that um, in every aspect. So the books that I wrote um, for kids really just breathe. Um, The first one is really focused on meditation, mindfulness, movement, and more. And it really stresses it could be a gratitude practice, it could be setting an intention every day, it could be going for a a mindful walk, um, or it could be some sort of um, meditation practice. But just finding that practice, um, and I really do like to stress finding that um, with parents um, as Mm -hmm. a family that you know kids are watching their parents and watching your practice Mm -hmm. Um, so that's very important but what's so great about this generation is that they're so tech savvy yes that they're Mm -hmm. able to find practices um, and often they are the ones that are sharing them with their parents yeah no it's really interesting in your book you talk about coming upon six strategies that you find will help us find our way when we set an intention. And those are incubate, notice, trust, express, nurture, and take action. And I think that's really critical because I think people typically will write down an intention and then walk away and that's not enough, right? And I love how you go into each area and really helped to explain it. How did you come up with all six? So um, I first I like to stress the difference between intentions and goals. Um, and you know that's I think we live in very a very goal oriented society, and so we're used to kind of setting goals and then checking something off of a list. Um, goals come from the mind, um, and you know they are often they have some end result, whereas intentions really come from the soul and they really represent kind of who we are, who we aspire to be as individuals, members of our community or citizens of Mother Earth. So I think first just understanding that intention is about that aspiration of our deepest desires. And then um, the steps to intent really uh, came about through like a lifelong uh, exploration of intention. And um, I used the acronym INTENT, so it was more like that was the tool to explain um, and make it easy. But um, as you mentioned, I is for incubate, um, and that really represents this idea that sometimes we don't even know what we want, we don't know what our intentions are, we don't know how we're going to get there. 
And so an intention is like planting a seed in the ground. We, when we plant it, um, we let the water and the sun uh, nurture it, but we have no idea um, what the flower will look like or the tree will blossom into. And so I, in, incubation is a very important step. And then the other ones really follow. Um, noticing is noticing our internal dialogue and noticing the messages our body's sending us, noticing the people, places, and circumstances we come across every day. T, um, trust is trusting our intuition, trusting that when we ask ourselves, what do I want, that we um, listen um, and not try to intellectualize it. Mm -hmm. uh, and then E is express, which is um, when we know what we want um, to actually take ownership of it by stating it. Mm -hmm. um, N is for nurture, which is self-care asking for help, learning to say no, things that many women uh, find difficult yeah. to do. And then the final T is take action, which is when actually um, SMART goals um, do come into play because it is important to set goals. But mm -hmm. I believe the intentions are knowing why we are setting the goals. I love the metaphor of the seed because I love the idea going into that a little bit more of the idea that you already have within you. You don't need to go outside and look for for a guru, you don't need to go outside and look for somebody else to tell you. You already have inside you everything that you need, but it needs to be nurtured, and that can be nurtured from people outside. And also that sometimes it's all within you, and sometimes we just need to listen. And it's kind of going into that quiet place where we can ask ourselves, you know, what do I want? What will make me happy? Um, and, and listening, actually, rather than just kind of feeling like you always know. Yeah. And so um, I, I also love that um, you, you talk about the story too about uh, Eckhart Tolle and uh, the now. I read his books uh, a few years ago and then read them again and they're very inspiring for me. Um, the whole thought too is that you're not your thoughts. For me that changed my life and my perspective. Maybe you can tell us a little bit about your experience interviewing him. So I did a TEDx talk on this, actually, because um, it was quite an experience, which is, you know, I'd prepared for months to go and meet him. And I had the, this rare opportunity to interview him. And so, you know, I was very goal oriented in my process um, mm -hmm. of going and preparing and meeting. And the day that I arrived um, to meet him, I had to travel up to San Francisco. I actually was feeling quite unwell and had allergies and was sneezing and miserable. Um, and I remember when I entered his room, first of all, like all of that stress seemed to kind of just dissipate and I felt calm uh, until I sat with him and um, was told that by his assistant that I'd only have 15 minutes to speak um, and or to, uh, to have this conversation with him. Um, and I suddenly, you know, had that fight flight reaction that we do when our body uh, tenses up and we sweat and we're, my heart was beating so fast I couldn't hear myself. And um, I remember, uh, you know, <laughs> right at the beginning, he basically um, heard some church bells. And so um, instead of talking about intention and all these things that I had planned, um, he said, you know, let's just listen to these bells. Yeah. And I was so stressed and anxious because I was missing my time. And yeah. I remember 
this shift that happened with me um, of letting go and just listening to the bells with Eckhart Tolle and it and really finding some peace and uh, understanding and connection. And of course, later on, he gave me much more time and, you know, over an hour of insight. Um, but really, um, it was in that process of being together with him and kind of letting go of all that I needed to be doing to actually yeah. being present in that now. That's amazing. And so, you know, with COVID going on and a lot of people struggling as well, you know, what advice do you have for them in terms of getting rid of some of that dialogue in their head and, and being in stress and recognizing that they need to be in the now and, and really um, have gratitude for the beautiful things that are, you know, families are getting together more and there's, you know, there's some definitely some gratitude to in, uh, in this as well. Yeah. So, you know, I think this COVID is so unprecedented um, on such a global scale mm -hmm. that, um, you know, obviously it's creating a lot of stress and anxiety. Um, so there are a couple things. One, I think it's important to recognize that we're stressed and we're anxious. And, you know, um, so one just that's okay. You know, we're also, um, no, no one knows what the future will hold. Um, and so that actually um, almost forces us to find ways to be comfortable with the present. So, you know, I'm still also one of those people, like I love to plan, you know, yeah. schedules, vacations, things like that. We can't plan anything, right? Like, um, <laughs> everything keeps getting canceled. Um, so, you know, my daughter was supposed to head off to college, like that's not happening. Yeah. Um, you know, we're all uh, managing other kids at home and school. So I think um, recognizing that um, while we've always known that the future is uncertain, now it's really uncertain and we can't plan. And so then finding the tools um, to just uh, connect, to stay rested, to eat well, um, to really make a commitment to a healthy lifestyle, because that will help us mentally as well. And then, um, you know, start really a gratitude practice. And like you said, you know, there's so many things that um, are happening that never would have happened before. So for example, you know, my nieces go to summer camp uh, every summer and um, they were really sad that the summer they weren't going to go. Um, but instead they went and spent, you know, six weeks with their grandparents um, and had time with their grandparents in a way that they never would have had otherwise. Um, I think, you know, just there's a lot... On, on families, um, which I think may be also creating stress for people, um, but really giving us time to reflect on relationships, um, prioritize friendships too, um, because I think in this time we're also realizing who are the people um, that keep us uh, connected and grounded. So it is a time um, for self-reflection, which definitely brings up a lot of feelings and emotions. Um, but, uh, you know, again, uh, you know, maybe for the long run, for many of us in our life, this was another kind of moment um, that will create a yeah. shift. Yeah, it actually, I, I believe that at this point too, a lot of people are, you know, working from home, but they're also then reflecting on their careers and their lives and wondering, and they're making the decision whether or not they are truly aligned. Sometimes I think you can be in um, in something so deep that you don't actually see what's happening. And so that actually brings me to another story that I thought was amazing in your book is the fact that uh, the story of uh, you going to India and working for MTV. 
maybe you could uh, share a little bit about that story because I feel like it was incredibly insightful for you to at that point when you had this huge opportunity to recognize. You know, so I was um, very lucky when I was young. I got my dream job, uh, which was, uh, you know, I was 23. I was working for MTV in New York, and then um, they were launching internationally. So I got this opportunity to be the first person in India for the channel. Um, and it was an intense business education because I worked on everything from production to satellite distribution and marketing and talent. Um, and so I had this dream job um, at a very young age. And then what happened is one day um, we had, you know, a very successful business deal and we were driving in our air conditioned chauffeured car from a fancy office to our five star hotel and found ourselves stuck in traffic, um, something normal for Bombay and that part of the world that we were in. Um, and as we were driving, um, we found ourselves in a slum, again, very normal for India, very poor parts, um, got stuck in traffic and saw a group of kids uh, in the street that were blocking the road. And these were the poorest of the poor children. And they were mesmerized by something in a roadside stall. And as we approached, we saw a television hanging by wires with images kind of coming in and out. And there were American kids grinding to hip hop music on the beaches of Santa Monica. Um, and it was MTV. And I remember everyone in my car beginning to cheer um, because this was huge success. Mm -hmm. uh, and it truly was. Um, but my heart stopped. And I thought, what am I doing? What am I doing? Was this truly how I wanted um, to serve. And when we were young, um, we were often asked in our meditations, how can I serve? And I realized in that moment that while I had the dream job, I wasn't necessarily serving in the way um, that I was meant to. And so, um, you know, I've always been grateful for that experience, but it also, uh, I left um, not knowing what I wanted to do. And it goes back to the messy journey, which is, you know, always finding kind of the new path uh, mm -hmm. that makes sense. And what I like about it is that you talk about it's a messy journey, but you shouldn't feel bad for that. The fact that that's just life. And you, give yourself another day. It's that there's always another day. There's always another chance. And um, I think maybe that's a little bit of what people need to be listening to now. Right. Yeah. Um, no, that's the thing. I think so much what I've seen um, of a self-reflective journey um, actually is often uh, inspired by some sort of, um, difficult situation. So, you know, it may be um, a relationship that's difficult, a health diagnosis, someone that you love having passed away, um, being laid off from a job. Like often the, there are these events that happen that kind of make you shake and think about, okay, what is most important to me? And COVID could be one of those as well for many people. Um, and, you know, there are gifts, though, to be found um, from being really honest and authentic in those situations. Yeah. And I, I love also that uh, you talk about um, having the courage as well and the strength to be able to go after um, and tell people when you need help. And I love the story about you going and get, completing your MBA. I did the same thing. I had an, uh, did my MBA working full-time and a single mom of 
Okay, so I understand the feeling of just it's overwhelming plus. Um, but, you know, what can you say to people that uh, maybe are needing to ask for help but kind of afraid to or don't even think that that's an option? Well, and I think you just um, said it also, which is, you know, there's so much fear often in being vulnerable, um, fear in, uh, you know, not kind of thinking that you could do it all on your own. Um, but actually in the vulnerability of asking for help, um, there's something so beautiful in terms of the connections you make with other people because they're often um, honest, um, authentic, uh, deep. And also what you see is people want to help each other. Um, you know, you see the goodness in other people as well. So um, it, you know, and the thing is, once you start um, asking for help, you also realize how much you can help others. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's, I think, for me, part of the how can I serve question is how can I serve myself and how can I serve others? Um, and, you know, in, in asking for help, um, we also often give others um, gifts uh, in their own life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's, it's amazing because sometimes the gift is somebody doesn't just wants to help, but they don't know how. Yes, yes. And, and maybe they want to be present. They want to reach out, but they too have fear. Um, so in asking you help break that kind of barrier. So for you in your future, what, what do you see? What, are, what do you see? Uh, what goals do you have or what intentions do you have um, going forward? Yeah, so I think I've, you know, um, had enough twists and turns that I really don't know what the future will be. <laughs> very lucky um, because, uh, you know, I've been writing these books for kids. Um, and so uh, two of them are out, Just Breathe and Just Feel, which is more on social and emotional intelligence. And I've completed uh, Just Be You, which will come out next year, which is on self-reflection and intention for kids. Um, so those kids' books have given me an opportunity. I actually went back again to graduate school, um, and I've done a master's in uh, education and psychology at Columbia. Mm -hmm. um, and so that offers a whole new uh, realm of kind of more academic exploration. And I'm kind of just being open uh, to what comes out of that, you know, whether I continue, um, you know, I've completed the M M MA and in an interesting way, um, never thought I'd be able to continue with a PhD, but now with everything being online and virtual, yeah. an opportunity there, who knows? So, but I'll, I'll keep writing and teaching because that's really what gives me so much fulfillment. And maybe just ask the universe and it will, the, yeah. the right opportunities and doors will open. I, I actually just started my PhD okay. online. So it's, it's actually the same thing as it's a, a journey that you just follow, right? And you see what happens. So I, I appreciate so much your time. And I wonder, you know, because a lot of our uh, audience is, is under a lot of stress right now, whether or not maybe you could take us through just a short meditation. Absolutely. So um, what I would recommend is wherever you are right now, just sit comfortably, put away, um, you know, pens, papers, uh, if you know, you're watching this, um, you can just kind of put your computer um, or phone in front of you and just leave the volume on. Um, and just find a 
comfortable seated position. And um, we'll begin with just close your eyes, if you can. Um, we close our eyes just to take away a distraction. Um, and if you can't close your eyes, you can do this with your eyes open. And just take a deep breath in and out. And as you take another breath in and out, just take a moment to reflect on how just deep breathing can shift your body and bring some peace and space to your mind. Now, as we continue with this exercise, I'm gonna ask you to keep your eyes closed if they're closed and in your head, repeat the words, I am, I am. And when your attention drifts away from the words I am, which is normal and natural and will happen, just come back to choosing the words I am. I am. And we'll just sit quietly for a few seconds as you repeat those words. Now you can stop repeating the words I am and take a deep breath in and out. Now before we leave the meditation, I like to ask a few questions because this is a great time for self-reflection. So as I ask the questions, just experience the answers. This is the time that we start listening to those bubbles of intention that are deep within us. Who am I? What do I want? How can I serve? But begin with how can I serve myself? And now how can I serve my world? And you can take another breath in and out, letting go of any sensations, images, feelings, or thoughts that may have arisen. And when you're comfortable and ready, just open your eyes. That was beautiful. Thank you so much. I think that it's really going to help so many of our viewers. Great. Well, thank you. Thank you for listening to the Women Leadership Nation Breaking Barriers podcast. If you enjoyed today's show, don't forget to subscribe and share with a friend. We want to help you continue to learn and grow. Visit WLNAcademy.com 
and sign up for our mailing list to keep in touch with us and receive invaluable resources, exclusive content, weekly updates, and new podcast episodes delivered right to your inbox. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, keep breaking barriers.